0: I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, and on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. Uh, Anna asked me the other week if I record this fresh every time and guys I do hello that's why it kind of like differs a little bit each week and it's kind of shitty sometimes I think it's a good barometer for how I'm feeling that week like if I sound you know happy and upbeat I'm probably having a good time if I sound slightly morose my Lexpro is probably working overtime so I just like to you know have it fresh for you guys every week so you can get that vibe in a completely unrelated note, I've really been craving an oatmeal bath lately. Did you guys have oatmeal baths when you had chicken pox as a kid? That shit was so good and soothing. I think it's because we're in a self-care moment right now that I just really would like to have one. And I don't even know if they sell oatmeal bath anymore. Can someone advise me? Because I just think I might need to order that and do that like tonight. Oh, it sounds so nice. Gigi Hadid is prego. I'm sure you've already heard. Uh, this, for some reason, I'm not normally shook by celebrities being pregnant. I usually just don't care. Well, I care. I'm like, nice. That's nice for them, but it's not like it doesn't impede my life and not that this is impeding on my life, but for some reason, it just really shook me. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because three out of the five One Direction children are now zaddies And I just don't think I was expecting that going into 2020. I thought they'd be still freewheeling, living the life, living it up. And that's not what we have. We have Zaddy Zane. I thought the last part of the Caroline Calloway, I am Caroline Calloway article would be out by now, but it's not. So that's not going to be covered in today's episode. But something I do want to touch on before we get into our cut articles for the day is the Kristen Cavallari-Jay Cutler divorce. I'm sure you've heard about it, whatever, old news by this point. But here's what I want to talk about. And I'm sorry if I sound a little ignorant in parts of this because I didn't actually watch her show on E! I did meet her once at like a little, she did like a little meet and greet for her jewelry line in West Palm and I got a picture with her. Maybe I'll put that on the Kinda Cute Podcast Instagram today. But yeah, I did meet her briefly and... What I want to talk about is a picture of Kelly, who I guess was used to be friends with Kristen. And I think Kristen on the show was accusing Kelly and Jay of being like a little too close. And in their divorce documents, Kristen accused Jay of marital misconduct. So the theories are that he was cheating on her with Kelly. So, Kelly has a little side business. Her personal Instagram, she's set to private, I'm sure, because of all of this going on. But on her business Instagram, she has a photo of her holding hands with a man and he's wearing a bracelet. They're kind of wearing matching little bead bracelets. And everyone in the comments are like, oh my God, this is Jay. This is Jay's hand because Jay also wears little bead bracelets. So this is my theory on this. I don't actually think this is Jay. I think this is Kelly's boyfriend, but I think this was a very, very manipulative and contrived move on her part to get, publicity for her business. This post was showing up as sponsored on people's Instagram pages. The picture of her holding hands with a man. She purposely doesn't tag the man. His face isn't showing. You just see the hand with the bracelet that people have come to know is a bracelet that Jay wears. You also see like some bulging bicep muscles. So I'm just like, wow, honey, like that is some conniving ass shit. You are capitalizing on the moment. You are trying to drum up business. For your business, and I can't—I don't know if I should applaud her for this nefarious behavior, or if it really is just that freaking shady. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? That's my thoughts. Now on to our first article of the day. We have would join Jake Gyllenhaal's sourdough cult by Sanjita Singh Kurz. Now before we get into this, I have to say that I am a fan of making bread. I was a fan of making bread before all of this quarantine shit set in, not to pat myself on the back for being ahead of the curve, but I still have not made sourdough. That is one that I just haven't got around to yet. I love the idea of having a little sourdough starter and feeding it like a little baby, and you already know I'm obsessed with Brad Leone, and he's all about the fermentation process, the sourdough. Him and Claire have made sourdough donuts together, so this is something I would be into. I just... I haven't done it yet, but Jake Gyllenhaal has. So this is what Judas says. She says, Gyllenhaal is, of course, a conventionally handsome man, but has, for me, never inspired the kind of desperate, painful horniness that, say, horniness that say Legolas or Dev Patel might. But the last few weeks of watching him have forced me to acknowledge that things have changed, and he's now occupying a new, sexier room in my mind palace. I've addressed on here before that Elena and I saw Jake Gyllenhaal on the streets. And the reason I noticed him because I turned and I was like, damn, that's an attractive man. And lo and behold, it was Jake Gyllenhaal. So I've always thought he was cute as hell. But she walks through like how during this quarantine and over the past year, her thoughts on him have changed. She talks about him wearing a chain that she finds sexy. She talks about him doing that handstand challenge with his little hair in the bun and he's up against the wall and I don't she didn't say all that I'm just saying that and then she talks about the zoom duet he did for Stephen Sondheim's zoom 90th birthday. I want to explore the light. I want to know how to get through, through to something new. Something off my own. But what really sealed the deal for Sanjita was the following. She says, Up until now, I've had no interest or desire in making sourdough. Not because I don't like bread, but because baking is one of the things I am worse at. And then who should join the cult of sourdough but Jake Gyllenhaal, who in a segment of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert extolled the virtues of baking it. Shh, I have sourdough rising, he whispers to Colbert. Shh, it needs to rest. It's resting. Now, I could be wrong, but I think you can fucking scream around your sourdough starter and it's not going to make a difference. But clearly, Jake is pandering towards his thirsty ass fans. And he goes on to describe how he got into bread making with the kind of shine in his eyes you often see about parents, seeing parents talking about their newborns, Sanjita writes. (sighs) Oh, Jake, he just knows how to push everyone's buttons. Next up, for Barbie Ferreira, Mornings Smell Like Coffee and Cats by Erica Smith. Now... We've done a lot of these articles in the past. We've talked about how they're always hawking a scent they're coming out with. We even did one last week when we talked about Kim K and her new fragrance collab with her mom. But interestingly, Barbie isn't hawking an actual scent this time, but instead her makeup collab with Becca Cosmetics. I do love a Becca highlight. I kinda wanna check out these products. And I'm obsessed with Barbie. I think she's so cool. I love her on Euphoria. I like her on Instagram but I'm sorry, Barbie love. This was a boring ass smell article. So I'm just going to read you the last thing she wrote because it was literally the only interesting thing and it wasn't even that interesting. And I get the plight because obviously none of us are that interesting right now. I actually just am posting as we speak a vlog of a weekend in my life on my YouTube channel, which you can find at Bailey Evan. And as I was watching it back, I was like, this is hella boring, but like, It's my life right now, guys, so you get what you get. (laughs) Anyways, she says, I smell like, right now I smell like both a breakfast burrito because I've been putting, making a lot of those in the mornings and like the makeup that I put on. Cue subtle plug right here, guys. I have on the Becca Ignite Highlighter in Love, which kind of smells like vacation. It's a pineapple beachy scent. I've been doing my makeup at home, not most days, but definitely every once in a while, while wearing cute things on the top half only, sweatpants on the bottom, and trying to continue life. Today, I'm going to shoot some video stuff. So I'm prepping with a little makeup, and I feel very different from my usual Animal Crossing outfit, which is just me with my hair in a bun, a very tiny bun, because I have a very weird haircut right now. So it's either that or I do a little face beat so I can feel cute for the day. Okay, these are my thoughts on what she has to say. First off, I really like the look of sweatpants on the bottom and cute things on top. It's, it's just, it's practical, it's comfy, and it's cute. Like there's, you, you can't argue with that. Next up, I feel like the only person in the world who doesn't play fucking Animal Crossing. What is the fascination? Actually, I know what the fascination is because you're talking to a girl who was neopets queen president of a guild had every i had the little gun where i could zap my fucking neopets and make them cute colors so i know what the desire to play this is i just don't need to get involved and i don't have a nintendo switch and they're sold out everywhere have i looked into it yes i have okay next up uh i want to know what her weird haircut is did i look at her instagram to figure out what it is no i didn't because i'm a lazy ass bitch right now too um okay movie god (laughs) give never have I ever a chance by Sanjita Singh Kurtz and guys since I always talk about it, I feel like I have to be forthright with you guys I am drinking a mimosa this morning again since I'm recording in the morning it is not actually a mimosa though it's frozen berry mix from TJ that I um melted in the microwave and then poured into my chandon that Chelsea gave me for my birthday so that is the situation thank you Chelsea friend of the pod Thank you, Trader Joe's, for this berry mixture so that I don't feel like a complete derelict by drinking straight champagne sparkling wine in the morning. Okay, back to the article. So I wanted to talk about this show, Never Have I Ever, because I'm obsessed with it. It's very rare these days that there's a show that I'm watching that I just like don't want it to be over because I love watching it so much. But this was one of those shows for me. And it's written by Mindy Kaling, who... I've loved forever and Mindy is a fellow Dartmouth grad I've mentioned it on here before that I obviously have a soft spot for fellow Dartmouth grads and I've read all of her books I love her shows the Mindy Project um Champions I thought was so cute and I loved Late Night that she did with Emma Thompson I just Love Mindy's work. My, I've said it on here before, I've said it a million times. My family thinks I have no sense of humor, but I just think my sense of humor is Mindy's sense of humor. So she's my home girl. Before we get into what Sanjita has to say about this, uh, she didn't talk about the fact that Paxton Hall Yoshida is actually 20 years, 29 years old, and the woman who plays Davy is barely a woman, she is 18. And I just don't love the fact that they couldn't have found a younger person to play her love interest. Even in a Hollywood movie, age difference makes me uncomfy. We were watching Hollywood um, on Netflix, and there's a lot of very large differential age sex scenes. And I just, I don't like it. And maybe it's because my parents are only like 18 and 20 years older than me, but it makes me cringe. It makes me die a little inside. Okay. Back to Sanjita, she writes, I hated high school so much that I'm hesitant to watch shows and movies about the high school experience. If I do, I want the stakes to be very low. Nothing more intense or stressful than your standard mean girls and makeovers. First off, I have to say that I relate to this so much. I effing hated high school. And I'm always going to relate to the teen dramas about high-achieving kids trying to get into Ivy League schools. Obviously, it hits kind of close to home for me. And this checks that box along with Smart, which is another classic and also, um, weirdly enough, written by a Dartmouth grad. And in Super Bad, which is also in the same vein, it talks about Michael Sarah trying to get into Dartmouth. So obviously, these are the kind of things that hit home to me. Like these really like high achieving in every club trying to get good grades but like also want to party every once in a while and guys I threw like a pretty bomb party in high school at my friend's house that like popped off so like I very much relate to these um so she writes the characters engage and often struggle with their non-white identities and cultures sometimes this is subtle like when Davy wears a strappy dress and a tiktok before her mom drags her away and she re-enters the frame with a white t-shirt underneath it Other times it's heavy-handed, like a storyline that involves Davy's good Indian cousin Kamala, Risha Morjani, and an unwanted arranged marriage. Kamala's story has a twist, but I was exasperated by her floral Indian accent, Morjani's from the Bay Area, and the Western business casual fashion tips she purports to get from Good Morning America. It's a tired, overdone stereotype and a show that I was hoping would avoid them. What's more, Kaling's brand of comedy, off color and cringy, shines through, and that's not always a good thing. So, Sanjita describes herself in this article as a young Indian American woman. So, obviously, she's way more in a better place to discuss the Indian tropes in this and how Indian American culture is portrayed. But again, I think we've established that I love Mindy's sense of humor, and I guess it's not for everyone, but Kenzie and I would just crack up because there's certain lines in it that are just so Mindy. Mindy loves a good pop culture reference and again, not to beat the dead horse here, we know what my podcast is about. Clearly, that is, I love a pop culture reference. So I didn't find it. It's cringy, like in a good way. I don't know. I just it's it's heartwarming. It's so cute. I cried in the last episode. But anyways, let's get back to what is saying about how uh, Indian American culture is portrayed in this show. She says part of my frustration with Never Have I Ever, and I think the same could be said for many other Indian people watching, stems from a desire to see in Davy's experience that of every Indian teen in America, wealthy and low income, dark and light-skinned, Hindu and Sikh, and everything in between. It stems from a desire to see myself and to be properly represented when I do. But that's not only impossible, it's not Kayling's responsibility. Perhaps she really did have a Kamala in her life, or once threw a blessed textbook out the window. She should be able to conclude that, even if it feels like a dumb trope to me. And Mindy is kind of famously known for either using tropes outright or subverting them I think she she's such a lover of romantic comedies and teen dramas that she uses them very consciously in my opinion and uh, I just think that's sort of a touchstone of how she does her television shows um and it's worth noting that this story is semi-autobiographical the mother in it is a doctor Mindy's mother was a doctor. Mindy's mother passed away when she was young. And in the story, which I hope this isn't much of a spoiler because this literally happens in the first one minute of the first episode, you find out that Davey's father passed away the year before. And so I do think there is probably a lot of Mindy's heart and soul in this project. And yeah, I just think that her tropes are used in a conscious and conscious way. So, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on that when you watch it. And Sanjita writes, How many white people have we watched in Davies Place? That's just Superbad, American Pie, Booksmart, and Easy A. And they're just the beginning of what's an interminable list. So, I thought it was funny that she brought up Superbad and Booksmart, which I just discussed. And she writes, One thing I do know is this. It's a good thing that we can turn on Netflix and see a horny Indian girl who's both a nerd and an asshole. So... My favorite part of this article, I thought it was a great article, but I loved that there was a comment that said, I like the show a lot, but to be honest, my main reaction was that Davy's father was so ridiculously handsome, it was actually distracting. Like, why was he so hot, and why did no one ever mention it? And Kinsey and I talked about that too. We were like, okay, damn, honey. All right, under our... So wait, first off, I just have to say, please watch it. It's so fast. Each episode is like 30 minutes long, and there's only... 10 8 10 episodes. Ten. 10 episodes. So, it's it's a quick binge and it's super fun and I would love to discuss it with you. So, feel free to message me at Bailey Evan or at Kind of Cute Podcast and give me your thoughts and I will include them in next week's podcast. Our last article for the day, Dancing at a Drive-Through Strip Club. Lucky Devil Lounge had to shut down due to coronavirus, then reopened at a safe social distance as told to Bridget Bridget Reed. You guys know I don't like to focus about Miss Corona on this podcast. I think all of the articles we've covered so far today are really light and fluffy, and this one has a light and fluffy aspect to it, but it does cover some real things. So if you're not into that, feel free to cut it off, but then you're going to be missing out on my legit shit, and who wants to do that? So, but just a little a little warning. And we've established on this podcast that I am obsessed with the stripper article. The Hustlers at Scores, which the movie Hustlers is based on, is what began my love affair with the cult. This article came out years ago. It's one of my favorite articles of all time. We recently covered Allison Davis's article on the male stripper brunch experience, so it felt necessary and full circle to cover this article as well. So let's get into it. What the hell am I gonna do? That's the question dancers at Portland's Lucky Devil Lounge asked when the strip club was forced to shut down on March 16th due to Oregon's stay-at-home order. Perhaps no other type of small business has been hit harder by social distancing guidelines than one that typically involves close contact between employees and patrons. And the article discusses how the strip club is ineligible for the government's paycheck protection program, and obviously the workers there rely heavily on tips. So owner Sean Bolden immediately pivoted the club's in-house kitchen to delivery, but he came up with an additional solution. Have the dancers deliver the food with the show, which he initially called Boober Eats. The beauty of that. Again, the pure genius. This is Caroline Calloway levels of marketing genius, but they sadly had to rename it to Lucky Double Eats, which is not as fun, but it is what it is. A few weeks later, he added a drive-through pickup option in which patrons can get their food while watching dancers on either side work the poles. If it's busy, they can stay for a song, but if not, they can stay longer or request another for an additional tip. So the first woman we hear from, she discusses, I I, I think I wrote her name wrong when I was doing my notes, but I have it down as Brody. And, uh, wait, guys, let me get the right, the right name. Cause I, I want to respect every person in this who gave a quote. Oh, it is Brody. Okay. And she talks about how she didn't qualify for a stimulus check and what she describes as her primary partner works at a tattoo shop, which also shut down and just that they were obviously struggling financially. Like so many people right now, Oops, sorry about that, uh, <laughs> And she says, most people are ecstatic. As soon as they open the door, it's huge smiles. This is the only live entertainment they're really getting right now. Us standing six to more feet away, jiggling around a little bit. We've had very few instances of people being shitty, but 99% of the time it feels really safe. And people are so thankful. It makes me putting my life on the line worth it. And this is from Zooli and she describes the different types of clientele they have and she says we went to security guards mom's house she was so into it we played I'm in love with a stripper by T. T. Pain. can we also address how the song is I'm in love and it's the letter n and then l u v and then instead of with it's with a stripper I just want to clear that up for you guys We'll give them three to five minutes of conversation, see how they're doing. Part of the thing about being a stripper, a lot of the guys just want to go there and talk to the strippers because they don't want to admit to the fact that they need counseling. We asked them what's wrong, so it's kind of like the same idea. Every time I leave, they are always in a better mood than when I got there, and that's good. I loved this idea of strippers as counselors and therapists. It's beautiful. This quote's from Toxic. She says, I like dancing more than the delivery because I'm a performance artist. I'm the outrageous girl of the group. I have a shark costume, a narwhal costume. So I looked up on her Instagram, which her Instagram is popping off. She has so many followers. She has uh, 147,000 followers. She describes herself as the singing, stripping sensation at Boober PDX. Multi-award winning, featured singer, DJ, actress, model, showgirl, cosplay, SG activist, PDX's celebrity. But I couldn't find a picture of the narwhal costume. The shark costume, I thought it was going to be like a sexy like fin on the back thing with an underwear look. But it was really like the left and right shark costume from Katy Perry's like infamous left and right shark. So I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't post the real shit on Instagram. But I was sad I couldn't find the narwhal costume. And last up, we have a quote from Sedona. And she says, I swear the laughter and joy we are spreading is keeping us all happy and healthier. All I want to do is keep bringing people safe titties, smile, and love. It's fun getting to still play on the pole and keep my strength up. My favorite costume was my takeout on a hellhound, or a takeout on a hellhound. Leather chest harness, moon pendant, a shiny black fetish wolf mask with my black surgical mask. Everyone was loving that all night long. And there's actually a picture of this in the article, and I have to admit it's pretty fierce, but kind of scary. Speaking of entertainment, so we're done with that article, but I wanted to touch on something I read, not on the cut. Um, and But I just thought it ties in with this whole idea of entertainment and kind of how the atmosphere is changing at this time. So there's huge beef between Universal and AMC. AMC, as you know, is like a huge movie theater. They, I would say they're probably one of the biggest movie theater chains in our country and across the world. And Universal obviously produces tons of huge motion pictures. So they, like many other companies at this time, released straight to video, Trolls World Tour. But I think the difference is that they released it kind of on their own platforms and they didn't release it through like a video on demand that AMC actually has and has had before all of this happened. And AMC is Pissed, and they must have violated some huge ass contract between the two because AMC is saying that starting immediately they are not airing any Universal movies. So this is a huge thing for the movie industry, and it's because Trolls World Tour made what can see 150 million dollars. Like 100, yeah. Like 100, 150, 100 yeah. To 100- a shit ton of money by releasing this straight to video and charging $19.99 for people to rent it and watch at home. So, this whole thing could change movie theater and video format as we know it. So, I just feel like I had to share that with you guys because I love going to the movies. I love the drive in, I love the eye pick I love my AMC. So, just gonna leave you with that. And our legit shit for the day is a tried and true. I've been using it for so long, I can't even remember. I've probably mentioned it on here before but I thought it deserved its own shining moment in legit shit episode 38 and that is the Steelist Stay All Day Waterproof Eyeliner in Intense Black. Of course it will be linked in the show notes. I've heard that some people are really trying to perfect their cat eye during this time and I think that's a very worthy hobby to pursue so I wanted to give you guys the chance to work on it as well with the best eyeliner that I know to do it and I will see you next week. Bye!